the first instant reaction pod of 2024. Welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. You already know I had to drop an instant reaction podcast episode to the Wake Forest UNC game. RJ Davis just put on an absolute masterclass, a career high 36 points. I was in attendance at the Dean Dome, one of the most fun game environments I've ever been in. That was electric. UNC was down at halftime. They came roaring back in the second half. And man, RJ Davis just showing that he is the best guard in the country. I'm not going to waste any time. We're jumping right into this thing right now. UNC, number three in the country, beat a very good Wake Forest team, 85-64. to Like I said, they were down by one. They were down 34-33 at halftime, outscored the Demon Deacons by 22 and then again, led by R.J. Davis, 36 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 14 of 23 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3-point range. I'm not even going to talk about any other stats. R.J. Davis is without a doubt the best guard in the country. I don't want to hear anybody else's names talked about. I don't want to hear about Tyler Kolek, even though I've said him. Tristan Newton, I don't want to hear about anybody. R.J. Davis controlled this game from start to finish. He's an elite three-point shooter. He shoots above 40% from three-point range. He was so good with the layups. They driving into the paint, taking floaters when he needed to, absorbing contact on layups when he needed to. And my goodness, he put on a show for all of us in the Dean Dome. I'm literally still wearing the jersey. I mean, we're, we're coming straight back from the game, taking the long hike up from the Dean Dome to my house, and we're hopping immediately on the mic. And as you can probably tell, I'm amped. Such a fun game. But yeah, RJ Davis, especially early on, really lift uh, kept the pace up for the heels. I mean, he scored eight of the first 12 points. Shots weren't falling in the first half. Didn't make a single, nobody made a three in the first half. He went 0 of 8 and then RJ hit back-to-back three-pointers to make it 47-41. That was really just the turning point in the game. It got the crowd in it. RJ got in it, and this at that point, he already had 24 points, but the rest of the team fed off of him. Elliot Cadeau, an outstanding game. 14 points, 3 assists, 7 of 12 from the field. I mean, he was aggressive. He was driving into the paint, taking open layups when he, when, uh, when he was able to. And, I mean, yeah, they were op- wide open, but he broke down his defender. I mean, he just put Hunter Salison and Boopy Miller into us, into spin cycles. I mean... Cadeau, so crafty tonight, and and again, I loved his level of aggressiveness, and for any worries about the jump shot, I mean, if he's going to do this, it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, yeah, he might need to take an open one every once in a while, but like, the difference between him and Leaky Black was, Leaky would just sit in the corner, you could, you could kind of lay off of him, but Cadeau has the ball, Cadeau has the ball in his hands, so you have to kind of guard him, because you can't just like, leave off the ball because he'll just he'll just drive and he'll take a little mid-range that he can make and then yeah break down his defender he's such a good passer he's going to find a way to expose you if you don't pressure him and oh yeah you might think you'd be you'll be able to pressure him because he's a freshman but he's one of the most comfortable ball handlers in the country so loved how Cadeau played that backcourt combined for 50 points Cormac had a good game I thought even though he only shot 3 of 8, he had 11 points. A little scare with the ankle again, but he's all good. Uh, Harrison Ingram, 10 points, 14 rebounds. Such a good rebounder. I mean, even though he didn't make a 3 tonight, he's he's done all the little things. He did a great job taking advantage of the mismatches with, with Hildreth. And then Baycott, 5.7 rebounds, only 4 blocks in a steal. Now, that's huge because Baycott tonight, if, if it was a closer game, I would have come on here and probably just 
gone, just gone at Baycott for his lack of just involvement offensively. But the thing is, when RJ was rolling, Mondo did a good job kind of giving him room to operate, did a good job with, with the pick and rolls. It just wasn't his night to be effective on offense. So I understand that he he, he didn't try and force stuff. He played his role tonight. Uh, but man, defensively, we got to give Armando Baycott all the credit. He has become a defensive anchor for this team in a way that he's never been like before. We've never thought of Armando Baycott as a stellar defensive player. He's been that this year. There's a reason this defense, there's, I mean, plenty of reasons this defense has been as effective as it's been when there are concerns about it coming into the year. But the main reason why is that Armando Baycott is just locking down the paint. Even if it's not just with rebound, it's like only seven tonight, which I mean, for him is not as many as he normally gets, but, but the blocks, he's altering shots. He's actually mobile on the perimeter. I mean, he's, he's able to get out there. He's gotten faster. He's gotten more agile. And, and he's, I feel like he's priding himself more on the defensive end of the ball. I mean, I don't want to compare it to like Ryan Kalkbrenner for Creighton because he's like the best defensive anchor in college basketball. But Baycott is playing that type of role where if we're going up against a smaller team, he'll go poor in 15. But as long as he's providing that level of defensive intangibles and, and just effectiveness locking down that area of the court, forcing teams to shoot tough mid-range shots and three-pointers that we've our perimeter players have handled well, Baycott is, is always going to have a reason. I mean, obviously to stay on the court. He's not coming off the court, but to to receive praise. And my goodness, I'm, I'm very, very impressed with his defensive abilities this year. And, and there will be games where the offense will come and we'll need to rely on him, but it wasn't tonight because of how RJ was playing. Uh, Bench-wise, Withers, 17 minutes. He had five points, seven rebounds, uh, five of all five points off of free throws. I thought he was really good. Uh, just Again, he, he just does the little things. He's going after rebounds. He's he's hustling. He's, he's making big plays in terms of uh, not, not scoring, but just his involvement and activity. That's important. Seth Tribble, 15 minutes. He was so good defensively, I thought. Jalen had four points on in five minutes. So that, that right there, those are your eight guys that you're going to be rolling with. Yeah, you might give Wojcik a couple minutes like you did tonight. Yeah, you might throw in Zayden High. But that, that eight, when we go into ACC tournament play and March Madness, that's your eight. And that first half was not pretty. Shooting-wise, R.J. Davis very much kept us afloat. He had 13, I think, in that first half. Uh, but when this team is clicking offensively and they get out in transition and and they're running the floor and they're getting transition threes like Cormac got one, R.J. got one, this team is dangerous. And they're showing, and I talked after the Syracuse game about how this team is a Final Four team. Uh, it was the first time I really thought they could make a push for that title. I, I mean, if you're not sold after tonight, I don't know when you'll be. Maybe after the Duke game after we beat them? Like, this team is just so fun to watch. They play together. They play with the right energy. And, and they have a guy in R.J. Davis. When things aren't going well, he'll keep you afloat. And then when you need that extra push to take over and take that lead, he's going to give it to you. Again, and I've said it so many. I'll probably keep saying it throughout the podcast. Best guard in the country. One of the best scorers in the country in Thank goodness he's a Tar Heel. Love me some R.J. Davis. I mean, he's. I, I think um, 
cemented his spot as a first-team All-American. He should be the front-runner for ACC Player of the Year. And man, that, those are really like my instant thoughts. On the Wake Forest side, 18 points from Hunter Salas, 6 of 13. Carr had 14. Hildreth, 10 uh, points. Monsanto had two threes. I mean, that, that was a guy who, in that first half, Withers just laid off of him just a little bit. You cannot give that guy open looks, but he didn't make any in the second half, thankfully, and uh, held Boopy Miller to, to five points, two of 12 from the field, and Salas was effective early, but defensively didn't really give up many open threes, made them take tough shots, held uh, Efton Reed only eight points, seven rebounds, Wake Forest made 19 of 25 free throws, so I mean, only shot 36% from the field, 15% from three, two, three of 20 from three and two of those came within an instant from Monsanto. So UNC continues its stellar perimeter defense uh, in limiting open three pointers. Obviously those percentages have, have just stayed down. Carolina only had eight turnovers, only eight assists. And again, it was just RJ Davis going to work uh, uh, seven blocks as well. Again, four of those coming from Baycott, but this team is now 16 and three overall. They are eight and zero. Oh. In ACC play, it's going to be likely 10-0 and 0, uh, after we go to Florida State and Georgia Tech. Now, and, and coming into this game, I was, I was, I was like, this would be the game we drop. Wake Forest is a really good team. They're extremely underrated. They have good guard play. They've got a big center inside. I mean, we saw Reed really limit Baycott on offense. Uh, they, they've got shooting, and they're back at full strength with Monsanto coming back from injury. So this was the game and that's in the stretch that I talked about after Syracuse where, you know what, we might, we could drop this even though we're at home because this is just a good team. And if we don't play our A game, we're going to lose. And in that first half, we did not play our best game and it showed we were losing. And then in the second half, uh, we were able to kind of, kind of take over 52 points in the second half is just, is just ridiculous. And after those two games, we, we get to Duke, Duke being the next home game, hopefully, hopefully praying, get a ticket to go to the game. But tonight was, was just an electric game environment. So fun to be at. The crowd was into it. I mean, the wake, wake fans, they were, they were kind of there. They, we heard them a little bit. Um, refs not even going to talk about it. They were horrible. I mean, I, it's, I swear, in, in the Big Ten or the Big 12, well, maybe that Kansas-West Virginia game had a bad call, but I feel like in other leagues, the refs, you just don't hear hear about them like you do in the ACC. It's just bad. Boston College game, I literally was like, I'm not even going to talk about that game because it was just foul central and it was a free throw battle until we pulled away at the end. But um, And then obviously Louisville, that, that was Louisville. So um, UNC wins nine straight games. By more than ten points, um, man. I mean, just I have nothing else to say. I have nothing else to say. Super, super exciting. Uh, I'm gonna end the instant reaction one here. Wanted to get to this to you guys. Uh, sorry for not doing it on Friday. You guys know how I feel about wanting to be diligent. There, there was just that day. I, I it was just one that I missed. But Friday, we're gonna get back to it. Talk some NFL. Uh, probably not going to preview the UNC game. We're probably going to really focus on the NFL, uh, talk, talk about the, uh, AFC and NFC championship games. Maybe we'll get into, uh, definitely want to talk women's basketball at some point. Maybe that'll be a good opportunity to do so because went to their game against Louisville. 
this past Sunday. Very, very fun game. Uh, they, they won by double digits. Very good game uh, from, from the Tar Heels. They're 20th in the country. They deserve some love for me too. And I, uh, I want to get back to talking about them because that's a fun team. And it's just great having both Tar Heel basketball teams be good and ranked on canvas. That's how life should be. And uh, that's going to do it for me from Chapel Hill. Thank you so much for listening to this instant reaction. I'll get back to you on Friday, like I said, to talk NFL. And then very, very, very soon, it's going to come faster than we know it. It's going to be that Friday before the Duke game. And I'm going to preview that. And then Monday, I'm going to talk about us winning because Duke lost the pit. They've, sh- I mean, at home, This I will talk about why this Duke team is not as scary as the Duke team from two years ago or even the Duke team last year, in my opinion, but that'll have to be saved for another day. And uh, the confidence in the Tar Heels are going to continue. It's going to continue surging as as we continue taking these dubs in ACC play. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll speak to you next time.